Welcome to the podcast of Fairmount Presbyterian Church in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, where we feature our worship sermons. Listen again to past sermons from home, when you are traveling, or wherever you are. Listen in if you need a moment of reflection, inspiration, and love. Monica Reed is a pillar of her hometown community, Knoxville, Tennessee. For the past 15 years, she's worked for a faith-based nonprofit there that serves low-income residents. Then about five years ago, Monica was diagnosed with cancer. After surgery and chemo, she was left with $10,000 in medical bills that she couldn't afford to pay. And when she was asked how she would pay the debt, she said, you just do what you have to do. I cut back on trips to the grocery store. I don't buy a lot of food, just plain and simple. She added that she's realized one thing about the healthcare system in our country. She said it's not designed for poor people. Across the country in South Dakota, Jenny Ray Peters is the single mom of two adopted daughters along with a succession of foster children. A couple years ago, she was diagnosed with breast cancer Multiple surgeries and radiation and chemotherapy uh, controlled the disease, but despite having insurance, she was left with more than $30,000 in debt. She took on extra work to pay some of the bills, five days a week working back-to-back shifts at a mental health crisis center and a clinic where she counseled teenagers. And last year, friends paid off some of her debt But the threats from collectors kept coming. She recently received a new collection notice for $13,000, warning her that she would soon face legal action. She considered dropping car insurance for her teenage daughter, who just got her license, or canceling ice skating for another daughter, which would yield an extra $60 a month. She said, my doctor saved my life but my medical bills are stealing from my children's lives. In 2016, Sherry Foy had her colon removed to resolve a chronic illness. After the surgery, she contracted a dangerous infection and barely survived, the complications of which produced nearly $800,000 in medical bills. And they fell victim to a gap in her husband's retiree health insurance plan that capped their lifetime coverage at a million dollars. And when the couple couldn't pay, the hospital sued Sherry, and they were forced to declare bankruptcy. The nest egg they'd carefully built so that her husband could retire early was wiped out. They cashed in a life insurance policy to pay a lawyer and liquidated savings accounts that they'd set up for their grandchildren. They took everything we had, she said. Now we have nothing. These Three stories I shared with you of Monica, Jenny Ray, and Sherry are part of a larger series called Diagnosis Debt, a reporting collaboration between NPR and Kaiser Health News exploring the scale, impact, and causes of medical debt in America. Overall, more than 100 million Americans are currently facing some kind of medical debt, totaling roughly $200 billion dollars. The average debt is around $2,500, but there are millions of people who owe more than $10,000. It may surprise you to learn that 
of those uh, who have medical debt, close to half have health insurance. It probably won't surprise you to learn that there are serious racial disparities when it comes to debt. Black Americans are one and a half times more likely than white Americans to face medical debt. Not only that, but people of color are also pursued more aggressively to repay their debt. Studies have shown that even after controlling for credit scores and other uh, relevant attributes, black and Latino borrowers are 39% more likely to experience a debt collection judgment than white borrowers. Simply put, medical debt has become a serious crisis in our country, one that disproportionately impacts marginalized communities and exacerbates our wealth inequality. And the verses that Pastor Lindsay read this morning from Leviticus 25 reveal that the ancient Israelites also viewed debt as a societal crisis in need of a solution. Now, the Jubilee commandments for the release of debts uh, I find a little technical in Leviticus 25, but it's summarized in a very straightforward way in Deuteronomy 15, verses 1 and 2. It says, Every seventh year, you must cancel all debts. This is how the cancellation is to be handled. Creditors will forgive the loans of their fellow Israelites. They won't demand repayment from their neighbors or their relatives because the year of the Lord's debt cancellation has been announced. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how Monica or Jenny Ray or Sherry might have felt if instead of declaring bankruptcy or being threatened by legal action, they were told, pay down what you can for the next seven years, and then the remainder of your debt will be forgiven. Now, living in a 21st century capitalist society, this sort of debt forgiveness policy may sound a little pie in the sky. It may even sound a little economically reckless. Indeed, we have put great faith in the power of the market. Adam Smith, the illustrious 18th century economist who's often referred to as the father of capitalism, even had a name for it. He called it the invisible hand of the market. Smith wrote that the invisible hand of the market would protect the public interest in a free market economy, essentially ensuring that everyone would have enough. And yet here we are one of the wealthiest nations in the world with 140 million poor and low-income people. 100 million of us facing medical debt. I cannot believe that this is what God intends for creation. In fact, the affirmation of faith that we'll read in a few moments from the Confession of 1967 declares that enslaving poverty in a world of abundance is an intolerable violation of God's good creation. If we want to be part of changing our world, returning it back towards God's intentions for creation, then we'd better put our faith in Jesus Christ, the image of the invisible God, rather than the invisible hand of the market. Jesus said, I have come to preach 
good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the prisoners, to release those imprisoned by debt, and to announce that God's jubilee year has arrived. If we are to nurture that kind of beloved community, then we must confront poverty and debt and inequality. Even Adam Smith wrote, No society can be flourishing and happy of which the far greater part of its members are poor and miserable. Here at Fairmount, we've made a choice to become a Matthew 25 congregation, an initiative of our national Presbyterian church that signals our commitment to eradicating systemic poverty and dismantling structural racism. And so we are called to address the root causes of poverty and racism. There are global and national campaigns and even local ones aimed at addressing those root causes of poverty. For instance, the Zacchaeus Project, spearheaded by our own World Communion of Reformed Churches and the World Council of Churches, is advocating for specific changes to our global tax code and economic systems designed to create equity and make reparation for economic and ecological exploitation. And at the same time, while we are working towards those systemic reforms, we are also called to care for our neighbors here and now with love and mercy. We do this in simple ways. We do this by knowing our neighbors, by listening to their stories and building relationships with them, and by helping them meet their immediate needs here and now. We can help them find affordable health care like the services provided by the centers, a nonprofit that provides health care regardless of a patient's ability to pay and will never send debt collectors after those who can't. And our neighbors who already have bills, who they don't know how they'll pay, we can help them by helping them get out from under their debt. In the fall, Greater Cleveland Congregations launched a campaign to pay down the medical debt of our neighbors. Our goal is to raise $40,000, and our Serve Council gave $1,000 in the fall on behalf of Fairmount, and collectively we've raised a little over $30,000. Through a partnership with RIP Medical Debt, a national nonprofit that buys bundles of medical debt from collectors, our $40,000 from GCC would forgive about $4 million of medical debt here in Cuyahoga County. And then our neighbors, people like Monica and Jenny Ray and Sherry, who live right here in our own community, would receive a letter in the mail one day notifying them that their debt had been paid off by their neighbors. We are the body of Christ in the world. When Jesus says that God has sent him to preach good news to the poor, so God sends us. When Jesus says that God has sent him to release debts, so God sends us. And when Jesus says that God has sent him to proclaim the Jubilee, so God sends us. The time is now. Let's be the body of Christ in the world. This I deliver to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
one God, mother of us all. Amen. We thank you for listening to a worship episode from Fairmount Presbyterian Church. Revisit this podcast site weekly for new worship episodes. Have a beautiful and blessed day.